are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today, as always, is my co-host, Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, what's going on, sir? Not much. I, got, I was uh, sitting at home yesterday, uh, hanging out with my daughter. We are just uh, enjoying some time away from work and Twitter for a moment. The next thing I know, I get a call from Marcus Mosier, and uh, Marcus is like, have you heard the news? And I had not heard the news. <laughs> well, you made it sound like I was excited about this news. You sounded pretty excited about it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, we're going to get it. So let's let's just go ahead. And yes, get we, I do want to discuss that aspect of it yeah, as yeah. well. So yeah. The Cowboys, uh, I believe, <laughs> officially are going to release Jalen Smith on Wednesday. Uh, it was announced last night via Adam Schefter. Uh, the move is a little surprising after week four. Um, he was actually the captain in the in the Panther game for the Cowboys. But first and foremost, when you first heard the news, what were your thoughts, Landon? I mean, I, the first thing that I felt was shock. I mean, I, I do think that it's a little bit shocking. We hadn't really gotten any kind of inkling of this. Um, I mean, I, you know, it's not like completely out of the realm of, of, of belief shocking it, the the timing is what's shocking i think so and, and i still think you know there's something else going on here there's uh, there's still this is there's something you know the timing still even with all the the reasons that we've heard there's something else there's there's another angle of this that i feel like we haven't heard yet um but but i guess that was my first thought was why now you know what what's 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 different and maybe it maybe part of it was that they're getting people back but I tend to think that there's something else going on here, or at least there was another angle that added to this. There, there's clearly been tension here. They've clearly had issues with his contract that you know almost a year and a half after they signed it. Um, so I think that they wanted to get that contract off the books, and all the reasons that we've been mm-hmm. hearing online about, and we can go over that is it, about uh, the guaranteed contract and that sort of thing. That all makes sense. I still feel like there was some other shoe that dropped that kind of sealed the deal here. So, all right. So here's my take on the, the entire thing. Um, I don't think there's one particular thing that you can point to and say, this is the reason why they cut Jalen Swift, because if he was playing really well, you wouldn't care about the money next year, right? The guaranteed money. Like if he was playing like he did as an all pro player in 2018, you wouldn't, that's not a big deal at all. Um, Now, if he was, if he wasn't a starter and was playing really well on special teams, you could say, all right, let's just keep him on special teams this year. We've already paid him his money and we'll cut him at the end of the year. Right. But he wasn't really doing that. And it kind of sounds like he wasn't all that interested in playing special teams. So I just think honestly, Landon, it's a combination of things. The Cowboys can yeah. save some money next year. Right. If he signs a decent deal this year, there's some offset money. Uh, they obviously like Leighton Van Rush and Keanu Neal more. We know that because Keanu Neal played more snaps than Jalen. Or excuse, yeah, played more snaps than Jalen in the first two weeks when they were both healthy, right? And mm-hmm. I, I, we know they like Jabril Cox. I think they wanted to see what Luke Gifford could do because he's younger, he's cheaper. 
I just think it's like the perfect combination of all of these factors coming into it that that's now it's the time to release them. I, I honestly think that's most of it. And let's let's not forget the thing that we talked about yesterday. Like when Donovan Wilson comes back on the field, how are they going to find right. uh, snaps for curse? I think, you know, having him kind of play some more of that nickel backer position, which, you know, kind of re- reshuffles the linebacker, you know, snaps as well. Yes. Uh, is is a way to do that. So uh, I, I agree. I don't think this was when I say that there was another shoe that dropped. I, I don't imply that this was the only shoe to drop. I think no, that no, this no, is yeah, a yeah. this is a tense situation uh, that that you know clearly Jalen's contract was a dead man walking for next year. Uh, it, I guess the the thing that you know so was surprising was that you know he's been playing you know not great, but I mean he's been playing like we expected. And, and, yeah. and he's been playing appropriate snaps for how we expected. So for him to get cut, to, to me, feels like there's some other thing that happened. So I don't know. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, all I know is that, you know, when they signed the contract, when when he started out, like what – before we end the book with Jalen Smith, like what a crazy story he is. I mean, to go from, you know, probably you know, uh, you know top player in the country as college football player to get injured – assume that he's never going to play football again at the very least maybe never even walk again some people said yeah um you know and then to come back and play football and then play at a high level of football for at least a season probably in a season and a half sign a major contract and then to see him basically turn into the the cowboys villain <laughs> i mean just because you know uh and, and, you know he's he's played poorly I, yeah. I, that's certainly yeah. not defending his play and i i don't think his uh you know, off-field demeanor has made him any friends. Um, but I also think that, you know, he became the the thing that Cowboys fans complain about, you know, yeah. like in, in, in casual conversation. So, uh, and, and I think that there's a lot of people that are thrilled today and clearly just dunking on the fact that he got cut, which I guess I understand, but the, at the same sense, it's like, I'm glad he's gone just simply because I'm sick of hearing people dunk on Cowboys players that are Cowboys fans. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's not fair to to Jalen to do that. I mean, I there's some stuff that we talk about that's just dumb and it's we don't need to spend time on it. But I actually think this is a good move for the Cowboys for a couple of reasons, right? Like they yeah. they have a long term picture here. Like, hey, if we're not gonna keep this guy on a roster next year. Let's just make sure that we don't have to pay him any more money. And it's a good short-term solution because now we get to see more of Keanu Neal. We get to see maybe yep. more of J. Ron Curse at linebacker. Obviously, yep. they like Jabril Cox a lot, so I think it makes a lot of sense for them. I also think, listen, they, we've heard about the team chemistry for a long time for this team. Like Amari Cooper said, this is the the best he's ever seen a team kind of click together. And you just wonder, like somebody like Jalen, who, and I'm not saying this is happening, but when he's being paid like a top 10 linebacker in football and he was at a pro bowler and now he's being reduced in snaps. Like, does that, is that a kind of thing that could potentially make this not work out? And the Cowboys just decided, Hey, go play somewhere else. You're, you're too good to be sitting on the bench, uh, but you're not quite good enough to be a full-time starter either. Is it better just to move on and be done with it? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. I have to say organizationally, it made me very thrilled. Yes. Because I it, it because I think it shows the willingness to do what you need to do. 
you know, and, and, and not afraid to take that hit. I mean, they're, they're going to be on the hook for, I think, $16 million for the next two years. This year, like next you said, year, there's, yeah. there, there's a chance that there's like about, I think it's $750,000 in offset language if, if he signed with, when he signs with another, because I think he will. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the, the Cowboys will probably be on the hook for a little bit under $7 million this year for, for what he's got. Um, and, but I mean, it's time to the- really quickly. There are some people wondering why didn't the Cowboys release him earlier this offseason if you were only going to play him four games? Um, it, it, I, I even saw some people from some credible cap sites say, hey, if the Cowboys would have released him at this time, they could have saved, what was it, $20 million? It's actually not the case. He had minor Risk. surgery this offseason that guaranteed his contract for this year. So Dallas didn't have a choice whether they wanted to keep him or not and you know save that money. And I think that's what played into their decision to do it now. Yeah. He's healthy. Let's not risk it because if he's not going to be a top three linebacker for us, we can save that $5 million, maybe even up to like 6 or $7 million next year and maybe try to re-sign Connor Williams or Dalton Schultz or somebody that we might have lost in free agency. I think that's why it makes so much sense. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I think clearly they looked at their young defense and realized that there are some guys in there that they want to keep. That are, I mean, so like you mentioned, Schultz, Williams – uh Gregory uh, Gregory all free agents next yep. year so so and, and then you've got some guys in some one-year deals that you may want to keep you know sure. so uh yeah I think it obviously they were not going to resign they were not going to keep his salary for next year uh intact uh the injury guarantee you know the injury guarantee was there four weeks ago too you know sort of saying yep. so again yep. as much as people are using that as a reason it's only it's part of the else. equation, right? Yeah, like exactly. There's only there's only part of the equation. That, that, that wasn't the uh, the outward force because that force was there for the last. Four if weeks. he was playing really well, I don't think the Cowboys would have worried about it, right? But yeah, I mean, that's that the thing is part, they part had to do in. they had to make the do you know they had to what's the saying make make a uh, chicken salad out of chicken you know yeah. dumping yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, and, and I think that's that's what they were trying to do with the situation. They they yeah. had the contract, they had to eat it. They're trying to find ways to make him a useful player at that contract rate. But at a certain point, something changed the uh, the angles to the point yep. where the risk was not versus the reward. And so they decided to cut bait. Uh, yeah, very interesting story. I'm sure we'll be getting more information over the next couple Absolutely. of days. Uh, curious to see how the linebacker room plays out even this week with Keanu Neal expected to be back, Leighton Van Resch, and we'll see about Micah Parsons. So uh, let's take a quick break and we'll get to the next big story around the NFL. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Get Upside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every single time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside and use promo code TOUCHDOWN. All right, Lena, we are going to talk about Stephon Gilmore uh, because – he was expected to be released by the Patriots, uh, but he has not been released because within the last five minutes, he's been traded. Uh, he's been traded to the Carolina Panthers for a six-round pick. So uh, <laughs> oh, that's wow. just how fast things happen here in Cowboys Good Nation. Right, we were going to do a whole segment on Stephon Gilmore. What would he make sense for the Cowboys and what would you give up? Uh, but that's no longer an option. So thoughts? <laughs> this is well. I mean, my thought is this is why you announce that you're going to cut a player before you actually do it. <laughs> it's because that chums the water pretty good if if he's a yeah. desirable player and you still want to get that chance to trade the player. I know the Cowboys had put feelers out for for Jalen, but I mean, you can't trade mm-hmm. that contract. That's no, the problem. No. So, uh, you know, this is I'm 
I'm frankly a little surprised that they could trade Stefan Gilmore's contract. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what the offset is there and, and, and what he's going to get paid and that sort of thing. But uh, yeah, Carolina I mean, I, thinks I, that they must think they're a, um, a legitimate Super Bowl contender, right? Moose for CJ Henderson and Gilmore in the last couple days, right? I, I don't, I don't, I don't really get that. You know, I don't, I, I don't know, man. Like I, I don't think that they are, I mean, people think that the Cowboys, people think that the Cowboys are kind of on the border of being contenders for this year. If if we're on the border, then uh, Carolina's, you know, I mean, I I thought it made a lot of sense for like Green Bay, like because it's pretty clearly Green Bay's last one, right? I assumed you were going to say Green Bay or or or, uh, Kansas City or somebody like that, right? Tampa Bay. I mean, really, I just thought. I mean, Tampa Bay really could have used them. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I. Carolina is a very curious choice, but again, uh, they were probably everyone else was probably waiting uh, uh, at the entrance for uh, or the exit for uh, Gilmore to walk out and, and offer him free agent deals once he uh, cleared waivers, or maybe even to, to claim him. I don't know, but no, he's a vested vet, so there's no waiver. So yeah, so it, it, they were just waiting at the exit to, to claim him, and then New England grabbed him by the collar as he was out the door and pulled him right back in and said, "You're going to Carolina." So. Uh, yeah, I don't really understand. I mean, it's not a lot. They're they're trading a six round pick for him. It's a salary but, though. I mean, I, I believe. Yeah, and and also it's like it's like it. What? How long is how long? Are you you're gonna have to resign him, right? Yeah, because like, he's a free agent at the end of the year. I think he gets like seven million or something this year. So we'll see. But it doesn't um, make sense as a short term rental. So I, I don't really understand this move. The the only way that I can see what happened and Mike, this I I bet this is what happened. Stephon Gilmore went to South Carolina, right? J.C. Horn, maybe yeah. South Carolina. I'm wondering if there's some ties there. Now he goes back down to Carolina. Maybe you know the coaches down there were saying, or the players were saying, "Hey, Matt Rule is really fun. Come play for us." Uh, I, I just have a feeling maybe that's what was going on. So, and you, and you know maybe what it is is that the Carolina is looking at this as we get Gilmore for a year. Maybe he can help mentor someone like CJ Henderson and, and, and talk to Horn while he's recovering. Yeah. And then at the end of the year, he goes and signs someplace else and they get a comp pick for him. So maybe wouldn't be, would not be surprised. That's a, that's a good thought as well. Um, all right. Well, the good news is now we have some time for some all 22 notes, right? Uh, yeah. We promised that we were going to get to some of our notes from uh, watching the film. Um, Lena, let's just kind of go rapid fire. We've got about 10 minutes here to talk about some of the things we saw. Uh, what was one of your biggest takeaways when watching the film? Well, I think, again, it's just to kind of continue. Well, first of all, uh, the big flashing red light is, man, this offensive line played fantastic on Sunday. I mean, you know, we heard everybody talking about it uh, all week. and and But to actually go back and watch it, I mean, Zach Martin was just moving bodies yeah. all yeah. game. I mean, I, look, I'm, I'm an Auburn guy. Uh, and, and and Derek Brown is fantastic, but I mean, both Connor Williams and Zach Martin were kicking his butt all game. Oh long. Yeah. yeah, and and it was fantastic to see. I, I will say that I feel like Connor Williams has mastered finally the ability to uh, hold in the NFL, which is a big, which is a huge part of block. Well, I mean, it's a huge part of blocking in the right? NFL. Yeah, I mean, just being able yeah. to. Uh, and I don't mean that in a, in a negative way. Every offensive lineman holds like, like don't fool yourself. Uh, but what, what the difference is, is that you have to be subtle about it, right? You got to be able to hold the guy while concealing your hands close to your body, understanding the angles. He's really gotten a lot better about, you know, taking that extra little bit of hold, 
And right when he's about to like get into the arm extended, oh God, everyone's going to see this mode. He falls on the guy (laughs) or he tackles the guy like, oh, we both fell down. I don't know what happened. Uh, I, I, you know, it's the whole uh, clip trip and, and, and hold, you know, learning how to do that in the NFL. And I think he's gotten that down. I thought that the uh, overall, the offensive line played fantastic. Uh, The protection at times was a little bit shaky, but I think that that's kind of part in parcel of what, Phil Snow and yeah, the Carolina good. Panthers do. They're really good at dialing those things up. First play of the I'm game, not- the uh, the hit that Shaq Thompson had on Prescott was uh, great because I initially thought Zeke missed the block and he was late, but there's no way that Zeke can make that, that block on that the play was just action. An incredible play call with with yep. a, a, a incredible blitz call versus what they were trying to do, right? Because yep. Dak tried to do the play action to the opposite side to which Zeke needed to get over a, uh, like two whole gaps. Yep. to get in front of the blocker. And it was just the timing of it was just very well done by Carolina. So kudos to them on that. Uh, but I think that, yeah, most of the blitz stuff, you know, you felt like Dak was getting the ball off in time. Uh, you know, I think that going back and watching Cooper, uh, it, it, you know, playing with, with not what we know was injured ribs and a hamstring. And yeah, he didn't play a ton of snaps. I, that was the thing that I think was surprising to yeah. me. I, I had forgotten is that he only played like, I think, Something like 30 snaps or something. I'm telling you, he's Willy Wonka. He walks out there. He looks like he can barely even jog, and he's beating a corner down the field for a 40-something-yard touchdown. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think, uh, you know, he, he definitely played an impressive game. Um, you know, a few more notes on the offense. I think I think Dalton Schultz played a better game than, than we even saw. It, know, well, I think we – I mean – the fumbles were a real thing, right? That's yeah, that's the, the thing that took it away from us, right? The second one was the first one was not a fumble at all. So the second no, one it was, was no, it wasn't a fumble, but it was close. That's the thing is like you gotta you gotta hold on a little bit better than that. And I get it; it's not technically a fumble, but still, you don't want to see your guy yeah. putting the ball on the ground three times in this game. <laughs> I mean, you know, look, they. Uh, they they took away his touchdown. They took away his two point conversion, which I think was a two point conversion too. So, well, those things can offset. But I, I mean, I saw a couple different play, a uh, couple different times when, um, you know, he was running free and that Dak and Dak missed him. Like he was running up the seam with with space, yeah, uh, uh, routes a lot. And and I think that you know Dak was trying to mix things up and sometimes just wasn't getting over to him in time with with the blitz. But uh, Schultz has really kind of shown up in in a way that. He's yeah. just really taking his game to the next level. Um, yeah, what, what, anything else that you saw on offense that we should mention before we kind of I flop mean, over to defense? I, I, we kind of made fun of it last week and we were kind of like joking about it, but like Connor McGovern at fullback is like a real thing. Like they oh, even yeah. expanded his playbook more this week. And like there was one play where he's lined up like as an, as an H back or an offset mm-hmm. back, right? And like instead of just sprinting downhill to hit somebody or anything, he like was patient, was waiting for the gap to open up, and he hit the linebacker and turned the guy. It's like, listen, you might be able to find ten snaps a game for Connor McGovern just as a fullback, as an extra blocker, or whatever. But because he's good in that role, everybody in the Carolina front seven seemed very willing to get turned on blocks. I mean, yeah. Tyron Smith executed a reach block where he got on the other side of the three tech and then completely turned him around. Yeah, and it was just like. I was sitting there going, I understand Tyron Smith is Tyron Smith, but like, how are you letting this do this? Yeah. You're a professional football player too. So uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's too bad we don't have a ton of time, but just, you know, 
we've talked. Everyone's talked. Tyron's about back. Pollard. That's the biggest takeaway, right? Tyron is. Tyron back. Smith is is so back, and this offensive yeah. line, frankly, in general, is just playing lights out football right now. Yeah, I didn't think Terrence Steele had quite a, as good of a game as we saw maybe last week, but he was still really good as a run blocker. He's holding on. You know, he's yeah. he's you know he's not he's not. He's not uh, killing uh, you. That's exactly he's not what you killing want to you. And tackle, right? Exactly. Exactly. Just don't kill me. Don't kill my game yep. plan. And he's he's not he's not killing us. Right. Um, all right. We're going to get to some of our takeaways on defense. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about Bet Online. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season with a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. Bet online the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Also want to tell you guys about Built Bar. You know Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar out there. It's hard, hard to even explain it. Real chocolate, amazing flavors. It's just a great combination of low calories, high protein, and low sugar with no crazy additives. Best of all, they taste fantastic. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next box. All right, defense. Um, I want to start with J. Ron Curse. Made a couple incredible plays in the run game. Did get a little bit exposed in coverage. There's some times where he just guesses it wrong, I think, in assignment stuff. But I think it's pretty clear Like he's probably a part-time player. I don't think you want him to be a full-time guy. But 20, 25 snaps a game, I think he can make a real impact. Yeah, I mean, I think he's a really fantastic third safety nickel nickel backer mm-hmm. type, you know, in that role. Uh, I think between him and and uh, Keanu Neal, I think you've got two players who are really good run and hit defensive back linebacker hybrid types. Uh, you know, they can both play. I think either one of those role. You, you still want Neal, I think, playing more of the linebacker role, and and Kurtz playing more of that yep. kind of tight end over the tight end. Uh, you know. Sam linebacker defensive back type you know position overhang defender however you want right. to call it star position um you know they, they I think they you know, interact with each other really well I, I do think that he he was thrown into a role that you know I think some of us were nervous about when when we lost Donovan Wilson I think we've seen good things from Curse but it still was a, a step up and I mean not only did he step up I think he practically almost stole the job away from Donovan Wilson. Almost. I do agree uh, after kind of watching the tape a little bit more um, that, you know, he, he, he did seem like uh, there was some mistakes in coverage or, or, or maybe that he, uh, there was some confusion on what his assignment was. Um, and, and, you know, I think that that's probably speaks to, you know, yep. inexperience and he's, he hasn't, played a bunch of defensive snaps in his career. I mean, he's just been a lot Basically of special teamers. Guy. Yep. And that's why it was, I guess, so surprising that he was playing so well. So, uh, you know, I think with a little bit more evening out, maybe like a reduction in snaps, I think between, um, you know, between that and and what you can get out of Wilson, uh, you're going to get a, 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 some good safety play. Again, continued good safety play. And again, I, I have to bring it up. I think Malik Hooker played a really good game. For well, and I was just too. about to bring him up because he yeah. he had a chance to have a huge game, but he had two bad things work against him. Number one, he had a perfect run fill, and he got pushed in the back, and he just missed the tackle. Yeah. Which, and he was, was so terrible. upset that he didn't get the call. He got up, and he's like, what the heck? Like, <laughs> I mean, he, it was perfect. It would have been a great tackle for loss. He had another one where it was a screen on his side, and he kind of slipped the tackle, and he just missed it or slipped the block. 
miss a tackle, and that play ended up going for like 12 yards or whatever. But if he makes those two plays, he's probably the first guy that we're talking about to get today rather than the second. Yeah, and I think, you know, he's still he's one the one guy at the safety position who's still kind of working himself into shape. You know, if you think about like he got a late so. start everybody else he's still recovering from an achilles injury so uh i i as I, i'd like to continue to see improvement there which i'm seeing with and i think you know if if the head trajectory keeps going man you're really gonna have a quite a safety rotation going pretty soon uh yeah i think so um nation Wright played one snap and had one penalty there you go he might he might not be ready <laughs> yeah maybe, maybe let's see what kelvin joseph has uh yeah um Quinton Bohana, I thought, kind of struggled in this game. He had a couple nice plays, but uh, he played, played 17 snaps. It's they're just using a lot to him ask in, They're using right. him in situations that, you know, they wouldn't normally use him in if they had a healthy defensive tackle rotation, right? Like, because yes. they have to. So, you know, he's, he's playing more snaps that are passing down snaps, and they're trying to fit him in there mm-hmm. just to get – you know, some guys, some breathers. He can't have Oso Dizua rushing the passer 65 snaps a game. Like, he just won't make it. Um, so they had to rotate in Bohana and put him in. And, you know, to his credit, like, it wasn't great, but this is also not what he was drafted for, at least no. not early in his career. So for him to go in and at least give you something, the snaps. And I mean, Justin Hamilton. I was just going to say, Justin Hamilton, first of all, I didn't realize how many snaps Justin Hamilton did, played until I went to the game log. It was like I'm gonna here, I'm gonna double check it. I have it right here. 31 snaps he played after being called up from the practice squad. I look, I I've been I've been putting respect on Justin Hamilton's name since training camp. I I, I mean, and and I feel like when he goes out there, he he. He gets through the line. He penetrates. He's able to hold up double teams. He's what you're kind of looking for at, for a nose tackle in some regards. Now, I don't want him playing a ton of snaps. I think 30 is about the most that you would ever want yeah. oh, him yeah. playing. But I think that, you know, look, you're getting – you're not getting great snaps from your down roster nose tackles. But the fact that they're getting, you know, decent snaps and, and you know, one of the two guys is a rookie and the other one is a guy that you're calling up off your practice squad week to week – that's pretty decent, and that's yeah. and that's kind of you know helping to not let them be exposed, and that's really what what we're worried about is that the defensive tackle depth injury the problems would 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 cause the Cowboys to kind of be exposed, and, and that hasn't really been the case yet. You know, we'll see what happens when the turnovers don't come mm-hmm. at the rate that they're coming. Uh, Forty-four combined snaps for Justin Hamilton and Austin. I cannot pronounce his name. You gotta have to help me. I was, Fayola. I Fayola. 44 snaps from those guys, and I'm sure that going into the season, uh, nobody was expecting those guys to play as much as they are. So eventually, if you get Neville Gallimore back, uh, Carlos Watkins is supposed to return to to the lineup this week. I think that'll help your defense because it's just too many snaps for those guys. And then on top of Quinton Bohana's 17 snaps, you just have a lot of guys out there that probably shouldn't be out there, except for Justin Hamilton, who's not bad. He's not bad. That's That's what I'll say. Yeah, I mean, look again. When we're talking about these guys, we're not talking about playmakers. I just need you to, to you know, not embarrass yourselves. Bahana had some bad snaps. Hamilton had some bad snaps, but they weren't consistently being crushed. It wasn't like noticeably bad. And, and, and Bahana will get better. And, and I think it, when he, especially when he's used in in more appropriate situations to his skill set, I think he can eventually be a guy that can give you a little bit more as a pass rusher. Not 
more than mm-hmm. what he's doing, not a ton. Uh, but I think that, you know, it's still early in his career. And again, I, I, despite what it may look like with Oso Dikizua, playing defensive tackle as a rookie is incredibly it's hard. hard. Yes. Like, so, uh, yeah, I think we should give him a little space. And I think he's played admirably considering all things. Uh, last thing that I wanted to mention, uh, the Cowboys moved Parsons all over the place in this game. Uh, yeah. 16 snaps as a defensive end, 48 as a linebacker, three as like a slot defender as an overhang, and then one as an outside. I know Pro Football Focus calls it a wide corner. He was basically just following the running back out there. So uh, I, I kind of think that's like the right distribution of snaps, right? Like half the time basically as a linebacker, half the time as an edge guy. Does that seem about right to you? Well, yeah, except it's not it's not half and half. It's more like three three to one, right? Yeah. Of linebacker yeah. to, to defensive line reps. And I think that's appropriate. I mean, because that's that's the best way to get him on the field for the most snaps. If you yes. play him at defensive in the full time the, the full time, I mean you you're probably only gonna get thirty snaps out of him, thirty-five snaps out of him, maybe. Uh, if you play him at situational uh, spots where you need him to rush the passer, uh, you know and you said it like 15 to 20 times a game, you can probably get a heavy, a still a, a solid load of linebacker out of him as well. He's got to be in incredible uh, shape, by the way. My, he, you're being, being able really. to, okay, hey, your break is to go play middle linebacker for the Cowboys. Like, like oh, not rushing goodness. the passer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, look, I think the one, the one thing the Cowboys are doing an incredible job of, and I mean, shocking the world, is Dan Quinn's doing a hell of a job of just, lining these guys up in all kinds of different formations. Like it it just aligning these guys. Like I saw, you know, they'd overload one whole side where they'd have five defenders lined up on one side of the center. They're dropping half of them. uh, Some guys are coming, you know, it it looked, some of it looked like Phil snow stuff. So I think, you know, Micah is kind of the key to all that. The queen, as they kept on, they keep on talking about in chess. Uh, So they're going to move him around where they need him. And the good, the good thing is that again, the Cowboys have other versatile role players who can kind of fit in behind him where they need to. So uh, I think this is going to be a weekly segment for us yeah. is when it's like, it's where, like, where's Waldo? It's like, yeah, where's, I was where's say, where in the world is Michael Parsons, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, just one play I want to highlight before we go, uh, just to kind of show you where Micah Parsons is at. Uh, he's lined up as a linebacker. He shoots one of the gaps, the inside arm of the left guard which is actually not the gap he was supposed to take because he kind of ran into the defensive tackle and was still able to beat the block, get around the block and make the tackle on the running back on a wide zone play. Like he shot the wrong gap and still made the play. Like once he has a couple of years in this and he understands, you know, his keys better and where he's supposed to be, he's going to turn those one yard, you know, gains into three yard losses. And that's what it's really going to be fun to watch with Michael Parsons. Even when they use him as the the penetrator in stunts and stuff, like he just wrecks shop. I mean, he clears things out for other guys in the interior. Uh, it's just he's uh, he's chaos injected yep. into your pass blocking scheme, and and it's terrifying. I'm sure it's fun to watch. Uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday with a crossover show with Patricia Trina from Locked On Giants. Make sure you guys are tuning in for that. I make fun of Jason Garrett a little bit, as always. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys would expect nothing else. Uh, you can follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Uh, we'll see you next time.